entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to increase your revenue while growing your company. Well, you've found the podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability and guides your growth. And it plans for a future exit. So building a profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money for you now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some exciting news to share. I've released my second book called The Profit Accelerator. And I'm looking for a few business owners to interview on how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Go download my book and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available for free only for the next few weeks while I'm interviewing business owners. I am so confident that these strategies can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and the value of the company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up your copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, guys, I'm excited to have my guest on today, John Ming. John is with over, has over 30 years of business experience, and John has found much success in breaking down the traditional organizational barriers that divide functions and people within the companies that impede success. Through trial and error and continuous learning, He's found um, that uh, he was able to shepherd both large and small organizations alike in driving improvements to their sales and operations processes, boosting both customer experience and financial results. There are many professionals that understand the science behind SNOP, which is sales and operating process, yet lack the interpersonal and leadership skills to drive sustainable results. In his book, Forecasting with Outliers, he attempts to change the narrative around the supply chain issues through real-life experiences and how they were addressed. And so John has had many, many years of experience through large companies like Motorola, Brightstar, Zebra Technologies, and Orca, and has just joined on with Hydroforce. So John has been around the block a couple of times. He's got a lot of experience. John, we're so happy to have you on Profit with a Plan podcast. Thank you, Marcia. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, I ask this question to everybody. You know, when we come into our careers, there's always something that triggered it. What triggered you to come into the business and forecasting the way you have? <laughs> well, that's a pretty funny story. Um it's mostly due to my bad temper that got me here. So through my, uh, through my career, uh, I came in as a product, uh, product marketing manager. So uh, <coughs> point where to, to, I'll give you my age, right? I was a product manager for bag phones and brick phones in the early days of cellular. <laughs> the big Star ones, Trek, right? Star Trek, the bag. Everything. And so I've uh, been around the, uh, been around the block in a, in a, in a company that, you know, basically uh, helped invent the industry, but watch that same company uh, that was running it down to basically don't don't do anything in the industry anymore. So you've gone from uh, someone that invented the industry to actually losing all of its market share and mostly all of its business. Uh, with that, uh, I uh, got into a supply chain role 
simply because uh, we were in the uh, struggles of bringing a new product to market and we got delays and delays and delays. And then finally, <laughs> when we got uh, uh, product, uh, the product ready and, and technically approved, we had a supply chain issue with something. And uh, I, uh, my big mouth got me into trouble. So eventually I said, well, why don't we put you in supply chain? And from there, <laughs> it's been a uh, learning experience ever since. Wow, that's fantastic. And yes, um, for those of us that know, you know, have a few years on it, uh, Motorola was the uh, OG of the cell phone. And then, yeah, it's so true. Just like the other chain stores, you know, um, what's what's the with Blockbuster, um, you know, Kmart, things like that. If you don't innovate and you don't make sure that your your product is running properly and you have the supply chains, to continue, you're gonna you're gonna fail miserably. Um, but thanks for sharing and reminding us of those ugly, big old bag phones and the and the brick phone that was uh, that was so 80s. Um, that's 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 terribly funny. Um, I do remember that. Uh, okay, so um, <clears throat> this is a perfect time of the year for us to to really think about how we're gonna project what next year is gonna look like. And with so many people working on their plans right now, and you should be working on your plans right now if you haven't finished them already, this is a great topic to come in because you talk about forecasting and the challenges with the supply chains and how you can improve the results of your forecasting through your book. So mm -hmm. when we talk about forecasting, let's, let's do a little basics here. When we're talking about forecasting, what are we really doing? So when you're looking at forecasting and to simplify the whole process, forecasting is forecasting your demand, which basically says, what is your uh, what is your current order book and what is your expected order book? The two add up together, that is your uh, demand forecast. So if you simplify from that perspective, when you're forecasting, you're forecasting your demand. And then when you forecast your business, then you have to understand what constraints to that demand that you're uh, looking to forecasting to come up with what your overall operating plan is going to look like for the year. I love that. And it is, it is, it could be very simplified on a high level, but you really truly need to understand, as you mentioned, the demand of your product, sure. your product or service. And there are similarities to both. So when we're forecasting our demand, how do we do that? How do we find out how many customers or or guess how many customers are going to buy from us through the next year? Yeah, so uh, that is the uh, twenty thousand dollars question. <laughs> the mi so, the million dollar question. <laughs> but, yes, I, I, so you look at that. You know, demand has many elements to it. Um, you know, on the short term, you're really managing an order book. You know, what the orders that you're bringing on based on the lead times you're dealing with. That is basically your order book. Uh, and then it comes into the chaos of moving that order book in and out, depending on your customers. And longer term, depend on other many other factors, your new product launch cycles, uh, what's going to happen in the social economic environment that we're dealing with, um, dealing with... Uh, the R word, your, right? Yeah. With your customer, uh, your particular customers, I mean, how, uh, how profitable can they be or what is their uh, potential order book? So there are many uh, variables that have to go into play in how you're forecasting. Where a lot of companies get upside down is that uh, you're not aligned as to you know, what you're planning for, what you forecast for, and then 
many biases get into the forecast that eventually drive your suppliers, your capacity planning, your uh, your uh, need for how many uh, personnel you need as you look down the line, uh, look down the line here. And if you're greatly wrong, you could uh, you could you could uh, basically have a very negative impact on your business. And that wrong side could be too much product or people or or inventory. And then yeah. the other side is not enough product, people or inventory. So right. there, it, it is a balance on there. Yes. Um, and and thank you for for. You know, there are so many nuances that come into projecting. And I know a lot of people just come in, especially newer companies. They go, well, we did 300,000 in sales last year. So we're going to do 400,000 in sales this year, you know, with no rational value to it. They just guess. And I think that's where they they have their problems. And there are those nuances that they have to look at to be able to accurately forecast what they're going to need and have on hand so that, and even marketing and salespeople and customer support after the sale, all those pieces are so important and you got to have that number, right? Well, I'll just going to put it, you'll never be right. Right. So uh, <laughs> but close enough, right? Yeah, you'll never be like, uh, you'll never be right in your forecast. That's what you're dealing with the forecast, but what you want to do, is take out the big variables that uh, could cause your uh, forecast to be grossly wrong. Or if you are going to put those, uh, you are going to uh, put a risk part in your forecasting to drive it, you got to make sure that then there's a plan. What are you going to do to recover uh, and not wait for the fly to hit the windshield, so to speak, before you recover the plan? But it's really trying to align your company on, hey, Really, what are the assumptions we're putting in the forecast? Are those good assumptions? Yes or no? Right? You can align around those assumptions and then you can create those forecasts. But you're not going to cover every single variable. Uh, you're not going to know everything for sure. But it really comes down to is what biases get into your forecast and do you want to remove them? Or if you're going to put, I'll call it a, a risk, uh, a risk forecast in or something that's going to be uh uh, a big, uh, if it doesn't come to fruition, come into a uh, a big problem for the company, what are your plans then to mitigate that risk? Do it up front and not do it by when, when you get there. Got it. it. Uh, you know, a- it. absolutely. You've got to, you can't just put a plan in place and go, okay, we're done. You know, yeah. you have to reevaluate it and constantly touch it. It's kind of, I always use the the terminology like sailing, you know, you're always adjusting the sail to get the wind in the right direction. Then you adjust it that way and then you adjust it that way. Um, but you, you mentioned something here. You, you said that there are biases. So give me some examples of what kind of biases that you've seen. Sure. So I mean, one from uh, some of my experience is that, um, when products are developed, and I've worked mostly with OEMs in the, in the world, is that when you develop a product, to get that product approved, to say, hey, we're going to invest our dollars in there, right? You have a set of assumptions that go in. You get the product approved. You put engineering resources on it. You supply it. Uh, and you develop a business plan for that. Mm-hmm. Yet, as time moves on, your product's still not launched yet, mm-hmm. but variables will change. And so... Uh, I've had many instances where we had product management team saying, no, this is what the business plan is that was done. 
12, 18 months ago, completely different set of assumptions. We still need to drive this into our forecast. We still need to drive making sure we've got the supply base for it, the, the product for it. Yet, when you look at uh, some of the incredible stuff, the market completely changed and it's really no longer relevant, especially if your product plan was to plan at launching at one date and then it moved out six, eight months. Sorry, right? It's this, the, uh, the assumptions aren't changed, but you'll see that um, bias because the product manager, he or she, has to be, uh, their, their, their uh, living is launching their product and driving it. So sometimes you run into what we call a, a parent effect is like, when you come to the forecast side, you have, a, it's like a, a parent's judging a beauty contest for their kids in there, right? <laughs> very, very biased on to what, uh, what beauty necessarily looks like and not necessarily as objective. Well said, well said. So that's interesting. Um, so when you're developing a product line, you it, it takes a while to get to market. Market changes, timelines change, launch dates change, functionality of the, the, the product you're creating, or even the supply chain, as, as we've talked about. You know, if you all remember a few years ago with that little chip in the car, it, cra- it caused a crazy market for used cars because they couldn't get new cars produced. Mm -hmm. So these kind of changes do happen and you have to plan and adjust for them. So I like the way that you explain that. Um, What about if we're dealing with smaller companies and the supply chain isn't quite so large, you're not OEM kind of building out a new product, but you're delivering consistently. You still need to project and forecast what you're gonna do. And some of those things, as you mentioned, uh, from the introduction that you have a lot of that sales experience. So how do you forecast the sales on a, on an existing product? Is there any magic to that? Sure. Um, sometimes, depending on the size and where you are in the supply chain, some of the entrepreneur side may be getting into an OEM anyhow, maybe mm-hmm. uh, indirectly uh, that you're a third or fourth tier supplier getting into an OEM. And if you look at from that perspective, so your customer forecast, which is generally the worst forecast you can use, in my experience, trickles down to the tier two supplier, to the tier three supplier, trickle out to tier four supplier. By that time, it's way wrong, right? That uh, when it comes down into the uh, uh, the tier four. So if you're dealing with eventually your end product, where are we going to? But I think when it comes down to uh, um, if you are a little more vertically integrated and in how you're going to market. You've got to align on what is the reality of the assumptions that you're aligning on. And if, uh, especially when entrepreneurial companies are starting out, you don't have a broad portfolio. You're dealing with one, two, three products or maybe services that you're going to manage to. What are those key variables that are going to make your product successful? Is it price? Is it actually quality? Is it going to be... um, uh, channels that you're going to have available to you for market is that we're going to put a lot of marketing investment or promotions in there. There's many meals various you have to align on to say, okay, this is how we project. But the key is, is to align your company on those assumptions and then develop the plan instead of developing the plan without any assumptions saying, because it feels good, right? Well, yes. it uh, feels good. You got a plan, but um how many, uh, what, what's the, what's the, uh, 
you know, small businesses, what's the success rate? Is it like 10%? Oh, it's horrific, horrific. <laughs> yes, it's it's very hard for small businesses because they, you know, I, I've said this at least a hundred times, many business owners start a business because they know their, their, their jam, right? They've got a widget or they've got a product or service that they like to do and they're good at it. So then they wrap a business around it rather thinking that this is a business, not you. And yeah. that's where the problem comes in is just because they know how to do something doesn't mean you can, you know, support a business around it. Um, I think they're very, they're geniuses when it comes down to what they to, have, uh, what they have to offer. I mean, that's the amount of, uh, what they bring is there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of brain science behind it. But the business structure around it is, is, is not built properly. They start on the fifth floor instead of the foundation, um, which is always a challenge with the entrepreneurial world. And I, and I like the way you put that in, in a fact of saying, you know, you've got to understand where, what lane you're in, right? What, um, what tier you're in, what are the assumptions that are coming true that you can prove? Whereas a lot of folks will come in and say, oh, we're going this way, like you said, and put the plan in before the assumptions are validated. They'll put the plan in place and you're like, well, wait a minute, how are we going to do this? Uh, so they go from top to bottom, rather bottom to top. Um, I think that's the correct direction. Yeah. But I think it's, it's always a challenge for them. And I love the way that you focus on the details first. How are yeah. we going to do this? What's going to get in our way? What are the potential risks? Um, what is it going to cost us to build or produce the this product or widget or service? And how do we get that and do, let's exactly. go back to square one, does the customer want it? And I, I, it's, it's amazing to me as, you, as I learn myself, as I continue to learn, is that, you know, your once a year plan, right? It's It shouldn't be planned as an event. It should be planned as a process. And so yeah. that... Uh, sales and operations planning is to realign and adjust to your plans every month. So yes. what are the assumptions that are changed? What does that mean? How are you going to react with your supply base? How are you going to react to your customer base? What are you going to do um, to manage those variables? And I've, I've yes. seen many times, uh, even not even large companies, you know, relatively small companies, you've got a marketing arm completely on their own making decisions Right, with no clue of what effect that would have on your particular supply chain. So if you're yeah. a big marketing campaign, I can't tell how many times I run into the issue of like, yeah, we have this big marketing campaign, right? We got all these orders and we're like- And we can't fill them. Just come from, right? <laughs> we can't fill them. Where did this go? We didn't align, right? And so yeah. it's kind of a, a simple of that. And you need to, to me, it comes down to is, you know, bringing the right leadership and recognition in place that these things that are going to impact sales, the variables need to be aligned, uh, need so to true. definitely be aligned. So true. And, you know, I love the idea that, that the plan is not an event, right? You have, well, I like to have, so I'm big on planning. I'm a certified financial planner. That's, that's always been my jam. You know, how do I how do I engineer it and, re and create it? But I believe that that plan requires prime real estate on your desk, right? Or on your computer that it's reviewed frequently to adjust for variables that come in. Because like you said, there could be large demand or you could have a cyclical market, right? Um, having those steady adjustments to your plan so you can succeed in the plan is so important because if you're forecasting, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars or a billion dollars this year. Well, what did you make last year? 
right? How far of a stretch are you making this? Um, and does it make sense? Do you have the people, the processes, and the products in place to be able to deliver on that goal? Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I also is uh, one of the things that it's very hard to do is uh, we read news, we read social media, and what we've never experienced uh, probably in our lifetimes uh, is the pandemic we just got through. Uh, we have just gone and then followed that. by now the the oh. in, in coming, you know, if we're not already there, a recession period, right? So, so the you, pandemic you look, was horrible. Well, if you look at that, but you kind of well, step back, right? So you hear all the you know the pandemic. Uh, you know, we got to watch our cash flow. We got to shut down our business. We just got to manage the inventories. Um, and at the same time, workers aren't coming to the office, so uh, we're not communicating with our supply base yet, right? Yet, okay? Look at 2021. How many companies, how many companies produce record revenue? How many companies produce record profit? Okay? So the plant, you know, you get into there. Yes, there's tons of supply chain issues out there, but relative to the entire business, many of them produce record revenue, record profits. But it's still not good enough. And so right. I always call it the, you know how to create demand very easily? Yeah. Say there's a shortage. <laughs> <laughs> then the this fear, demand right? comes out of nowhere. And what you're going to see is now that supply chain issues are evaporating, I call it toilet truth, paper. Tr yeah, toilet truth, paper. In, truth in the order book. Right? Everyone extended their lead times. Everyone uh, came in. Many companies can't predict what they need uh, 48 weeks from now, mm. let alone three weeks from now. So yeah. you look at this, and so you're going to see this, this element where we're going to go into a recessionary period. Um, we'll have an effect, right? Uh, we'll sure. have an effect on demand. But at the same time, that order book that was put in 30 weeks ago, 40 weeks ago, is no longer valid. So just be very aware. Even though you have an order book for it, does not mean it's real. Mm. You know, I like that because it is really important to be able to, you know, come out of situations, you know, um, plan for situations, right? Nobody planned for the pandemic. I mean, that was just, that hit us like a, a ton of bricks. But like you said, there were many companies that had record years because they were fluid. They could see and adjust quickly. They had supply or they had demand. And then they put, you know, the fear came in, toilet paper, you know, walking through the grocery store and everything's empty for no reason, right? Um, but I think that that companies need to be fluid and they need to have those backup plans in place. And I think in forecasting, we can forecast potential troubles coming our way and have a plan B or um, an emergency or a structure in place that, that could handle that. But I call it is that uh, what we've uh, what we've seen in this case, uh, most companies plan for a modest growth from 2020 to 2021. Modest growth, eight percent, seven percent. Yet they're hitting forty percent record higher revenues, uh, but still have many many supply chain shortages. Why? A lot of that's influenced by hey, we got increased lead times, we got issues. Your customers don't know. Uh, and does not necessarily know, so then they're gonna throw a bunch of orders on you, knowing that when it comes time that comes time to the where the rubber hits the road, 
they may or may not need it because they don't know what other shortage is going to cause their issues, right? So, so panic buying, right? Yeah, or panic yeah, so ordering. You're going to have a piece of that uh, in there as well. And man, try to convince sales that the order books panic buy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not going to happen. No. Not going to happen. Um, but with facts and data, yeah. uh, you can, right? And just uh, you know, put it through it. But you know, then it comes down to basically um, – facing the issues head on and then coming back to the point of that's why Cessna P is a process in that an event. But if we didn't learn anything on a 2021, then uh, you're not doing your job. Who that is, that is an understatement right there. Um, you know, we do need to learn from the evolving markets that come in and we've gone through 2020, which shut the world down. Then we come into 2021 where we're opening it up and the panic buying and everything comes in. And then now we're, you know, we had a, a modest 2022 now that the recessionary fears are coming in and we're heading into 2023. You know, these are important factors that we need to, as business owners, to be fluid enough to adjust and forecast and prepare for things and have the right systems and processes in place to be able to move with the flow speed up, slow down, adjust the right, adjust the left, and have a little bit of structure in place that will allow you to do that. And, and to me, then it comes back down to is always test your assumptions and then always test those assumptions every time. Is this right still or is this kind of modified? And then what are the variables you need to add to your assumptions? So it's just because you had these assumptions, there may be another variable you didn't consider Bring that into the fold, continuous learning, and eventually you become smarter than the rest. Ah, love it. Love it. And those assumptions can be people, product, they can be consumer, they can be um, inflationary or, or things that you can't control, right? So it's understanding those movements in there. And I love it that you're retesting them. Mm -hmm. So one more quick question for you. How often should you retest? Well, uh, to me, um, is uh, to the sales the sales and operations planning process itself. I think it's a fantastic process. Uh, it just it basically is a monthly process that covers. Let's test our product roadmap. Where are we? Let's then put a demand. So, what does that look like around our our new our, our roadmap it. or service that we're providing? Um, what's the supply constraints? How does that? What's the operating plan? And how does that uh, look to plan? And so it's a process you got to test, but every time monthly you got to retest those assumptions monthly, and, got, and then you become, and then in a, from a quarterly basis at least, just make sure you are uh, doubling down on what assumptions, like a lessons learned. So I call mm -hmm. it the forecasts are again always wrong in nature, right? And you can measure forecast accuracy and all the analytics in it, but the key is not just to measure it, create it. What are the assumptions that you missed, right? Mm. Learn from it, and then how do you adjust? And when mm. that continuous learning goes back in, you will become smarter than your competition. I promise that. Love it. Love it. And that is so important to be fluid and evolve and test. And then your, your, your forecasting will be more accurate. <laughs> Not hundred percent, but you know what? If you can get eighty or ninety, that's great. I, I call it that your forecasting will be less bad. So. Less bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Okay, John, where can listeners find out more about this method 
and your ideas because they are so important for today's market. And every business owner needs to be forecasting better, less bad, and um, using the, the the abilities of the sales and operation process. Sure. So two things. Uh, you can look up on uh, my website at uh, johnmingconsulting.com. Uh, but uh, we also have a book that I've obviously published on really the art around the science of planning uh, that mm. you can pick up on any um, online retail store, Amazon.com, Target.com, Walmart.com. So any online worldwide uh, retailer, uh, you can find the you can find the book. I love it. I love it, and it's so important as business owners and leaders in our company to be able to know what we're doing for the next year, not just for our own growth potential, but for financing, for for hiring, for ordering products and services that we need to have to fulfill our orders. There's so much around it. And business owners, if you're not forecasting properly and have all the knowledge and data that you can get a hold of, then you're only hurting your potential for succeeding in your company. Wow. Big, 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 uh, big important uh, topic for today. I think it was super valuable. Listeners, I hope you found a couple of ideas to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. And really, truly forecasting is a big part of it. So don't forget that it is important to focus on growing your business and its revenue. Again, I'm looking for a few business owners to interview about my book's 12 strategies and how it would impact your industry. Please go download my book and let me know if you'd like to be interviewed. It's available for free for the next few weeks. And you can get these strategies and they can help any business to increase the revenue, profit, and value of the company without paying for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up a copy of my book at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, John and I would love to hear your questions or comments. Share with us how maybe something you've done was very successful in your company based on the forecasting or maybe share with us something that was a roadblock that you didn't anticipate. Put it in the comments here and John and I will comment back on it. And while you're at it, subscribe to the show. We'd love to have you on the next podcast uh, or listening for the next podcast. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, John. Thanks for seeing. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>